three, two, one, roll the footage! Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino. My guest today is an executive coach, keynote speaker, renowned thought leader, author, and CEO. He took his company from being 600,000 in debt to making the INC 5000 as one of America's fastest growth companies, an astounding six times. Author of the number one international Amazon bestseller, From Suck to Success, a guide for extraordinary entrepreneurship, Welcome, everybody. Todd Palmer. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excited to talk imposter syndrome. When we yes. think we are fake, we shouldn't do this. What are we doing? And uh, yeah, I'm having that syndrome right now. Me too. Must, must, be the, must be the day. Must be the Mondays. Monday imposter syndrome. That could be a whole series. Yeah, it's all these lights here. What, what, what is this? I'm not a stadium. What? I, Yes. So it's, is it a pathological condition? I remember like 10 years ago reading about this for the first time. And it was the INSEAD professor who is also a psychoanalyst and who later became a colleague, Manfred Katz de Vries. At that time, we thought that's a neurological thing, a pathological thing, a neurosis. Now we are having it right now. Is this normal? You know, I've found that it's very normal. And it's very normal from all walks of life, from being a CEO to being a parent. I work with athletes. I work with, you know, all sorts of people who get get paralyzed by what I call your itty bitty negative committee. And in there, we you know there's a couple of versions that I know I've experienced where you know my imposter syndrome flares up when I walk into a room of of successful people and I am watching and reading the room like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? These people have way more revenue, way more employees, all those external measurements of success. Um, with my staff, I used to think I had to be all things to all people all the time on every topic. And that created a lot of spheres and self-doubts. And I, I find that with my leaders that typically nobody's as good of a butt kicker of us than ourselves due to the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started on parenting. There is not one hour of the day where I think that I am a very good father. And I am. The fact is, I am a very good father. And uh, But in every second, I, I see what's missing, of course, and what I what I could, I could be even much more calm, much more understanding, much more available, etc. much more accessible. All this, there, there is never uh, a, a moment where I feel like, oh yeah, I'm the perfect father right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, and that's and, more, so I love the fact that you're sharing that with your audience because you know you, you have people who admire your work, who follow your show, follow the, the work that you put into the world, and they probably you know they may be telling themselves, oh, you've got it all figured out. This guy's got it all laid out, and we don't. And it's, it's those external measurements of how the rest of the world sees us. It's that internal piece of telling us that we're not enough. And part of you know when I work with my clients – is getting them to understand that in order to deal with your imposter syndrome, recognize that it's there. First thing we have to recognize that we're all human and we're feeling 
I use the analogy that when I'm at my worst, the imposter syndrome is driving the car that's my life. So imagine we have a fancy sports car that's our life. It's two-seater. Imposter syndrome is behind the wheel and we're in the passenger side. If we switch seats with the imposter syndrome, we all of a sudden take control of the wheel, take control of our lives. The imposter syndrome is still going to be sitting there and still going to be chirping in our ears, giving us feedback, which sometimes actually, believe it or not, is helpful to us. The roots of imposter syndrome, as I've researched, come from you know, keeping us safe. So think about a, you know, a little kid and we're growing up and you know our, our imposter syndrome will come from our parents. Don't put your fingers in the light socket. Do that a couple of times. You're going to pretty much realize that maybe we should listen to our imposter syndrome. So we translate that into being adults. And it, it, there are times when it does try to protect us. It's all keeping it proportional in perspective. Absolutely. And one thing that you say is also because we try to be everything and to try really to be in control. Now, this is exactly the point. And it, I, am, I am more and more becoming aware that we are just not in control. As a CEO... Of course, we prefer control over not control. And the old world is that we are the control. So the, the we are the control system. So we stand for control and people think we are in control and we should always represent control. What I am more and more embracing is what if nothing is in control mm -hmm. and I am the awareness system mm -hmm. i am mm -hmm. i am i am the emotional and analytical presence that sees things scans things constantly and triggers the response the right response of all of us so nothing is in control my kids are not in control they are definitely not in control uh, but also my business is not in control because the market is not in control not even the clients are in control nothing is in control but we respond right to that so so uh, here, here's a great tip i had to learn myself so i retired as being an active ceo about four years ago so this time last year march of 2020 i was scheduled to speak from stage in on six different stages in three different countries so you get my message out to the audience and you know that's a marketing tool as a coach you get on stage and if someone in the audience, you, your message gravitates with them. They want to talk with you post-speech. Potentially, they sign up to be a coaching client, which is the model I've been running for a couple of years. COVID comes out and wipes out every single conference for everybody. Oh, my gosh. What am I going to do? Because now I'm not in control. You know, the COVID pivot. And what I realized was first I had to go back and double down on my purpose. A dozen years ago, I was blessed to work with a guy named Simon Sinek. Some of your, your listeners may know who Sinek is. And he helped me figure out over two years, two words. Mine are improve lives. That's, that's why I am here. That's why I'm on your show today. And how can I improve lives from not from stage? So I did a program where I volunteered across the globe. And I spoke with 42 CEOs in 67 days for 30 minutes each to help them get out of chaos and crisis, to help them realize that potentially, potentially, COVID was actually happening for them, not to them. Pivoting CEOs out of out of you know closing their businesses to look for different opportunities, and in that moment, I, I recognized and realized that for my business, COVID actually happened for me. Because flash forward a year later, my coaching practice is up three hundred percent. In that three hundred percent growth, I also actually had more time because I wasn't in airports, I wasn't on stage, I wasn't traveling. 
So I was able to finish my book. Now my book's an international bestseller. So I really decided that COVID was happening for me, not to me. And that goes down to having an intentional mindset around things that are happening to us. I which learned helps with the imposter syndrome. I'm sorry. I learned a word about it's happening to me, not, not against me, basically. Because did you know what the what the Greek word for that is? The universe is doing this for me. Mm. I learned yeah. this two days ago. So we know the the opposite. Paranoia is everything is happening against me. There is also the other word that I just learned. It's pronoia. I had to look it up because I just ah, wrote it up. I've learned so, you've improved my life today. I've learned a new word. So there is paranoia and there is pronoia. And um, I learned this by chance in on, on a conference that I was to two days ago. And um, so, so there is even this mindset choice that we can really do as an entrepreneur. And so every day when we wake up, we can decide that's in our control if we see that things are happening against us or for us. You know, I have a great story and I've got to share this with your audience. I feel compelled. So I coach. I'm running it. I've got about 15 clients I work with on a regular basis. I talk to them every week. Uh, but in order to keep my skills sharp as a coach, I use a coach and I've used the same coach for seven years. And his name is Dr. Daniel Friedland. He's out of San Diego, California. And his background is literally, he's a medical doctor who studies the brain. So he's essentially the brain expert. He's worked all over the globe. He has a great book, you know, called living well from within. And November of 2020, he called me and, and said, hey, do you have a few minutes to talk? And now rarely the, rarely does the coach call the client. Usually the client's in chaos and crisis and calls the coach. That makes sense, right? Um, I said, sure, let's talk. And he shared with me on that call that he has stage four brain cancer, which gives him a, a runway of life coming to an end. And he knows that. You know, he's the the guy who doesn't ask a lot of questions when his doctor tells him you have stage four brain cancer because he studied the brain forever. He knows that. And he was, he was buoyant on our call. And I was just devastated. I mean, I figured I'd be a client for life. And through the course of our discussion, I, he said, is there anything I can help you with? I said, yeah, I have two questions. One, how are you so positive? And what can I learn from you in the time that's left? And here's what he taught me, and I want to share this with your audience because it goes into happening for me, not to me. He said, for about 48 hours, I was in absolute panic, absolute panic. And then I put my thoughts into the active learning cycle, which I talk about in my book. It's the premise of everything. And, he goes, and I went to the part about my purpose, and I decided that, that cancer, of all things, was happening for me, not to me. And that's powerful stuff because... Now he's living the remaining days of his life to, to double down on how much impact he can make in the time he has left. And, you know, certainly COVID has helped or hampered a lot of businesses. Mine has been fortunate enough to grow, but I have my health. I feel pretty good today. I don't, I don't have any issues that I know of. And for someone to say that cancer is happening to them, not for them, to the point of where he's created a whole YouTube channel. He checks in on a daily basis, and is, he's chronicling the, the remaining days of his life. His family's participating, his two sons, his wife. He's had me on as a guest for his, his show to tell show people how we can live our best life under any circumstances. And I think that's just a tremendous gift, and I just felt compared to share, compelled to share that with you and your audience today. 
Uh, yeah, beautiful that you shared this with us. This has been such a such a year full of shifts, and I have also experienced that. Of course, I had a cash crunch, meaning that our business was stripped apart. Everything that was event was gone, and that has turned out to be a chance for reevaluation. Are we doing the right things for right. the right? People? Yeah, is it still relevant? Or am I just perpetuating the last 17 years because it was, yeah, it, it was working. So let's yeah. just do, let's just do it forever. Sure. But it's not because it was not the best thing to be on planes. Uh, it was not the best thing for the environment. It was not the best thing for my clients. It was not the best thing for my family that mm -hmm. I was in planes. I just was not seeing it. So it was a chance for the whole world really to sit down and sit with what is and think about what is the right thing for us to do. Well, what, what I heard you say in my, through my filter was you weren't in control. None of us were in control that COVID happened to us. Here's where we, we, we did become in control. I argue we became control of our, our thoughts and our actions and our decisions. We control what are we going to do with this new information put forth. You know, it's the Stockdale paradox. It's, you know, the brutal reality is like Stockdale talks about in good to great. The brutal reality is COVID happened for us. All right, now how do we make this the defining moment of our business? How do we make this this defining moment of our, you know, I'm talking to, I talked to a high school the other day, asked these kids, how can you make the fact that you last year lost your prom and your, your football season and your soccer season and your graduation ceremonies, how do you make that a story to make it a defining moment to teach the next generation of kids coming through? All those different things. Within tragedy, believe it or not, there is opportunity. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the bodily crisis can be liberating on the emotional level, on the spiritual level. Uh, as, 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 as long as the body is too present and working too well, it is also a distraction. It is, it is also seductive because it's immediately pleasing. Uh, sure. And so I'm a triathlete. Uh, I go out in nature and enjoy my body all the time. If something very seriously would happen to my body, my meditation practice would become much better. Yeah, <laughs> that's how right, I see exactly. it. <laughs> I'm sure I would be a better listener. And I am so curious to hear who you nominate for the Strategy Award after one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategysprints.com. You can pick only one person to give the strategy award to. When everybody's zagging, this person is zigging. Who do you pick? Oh, gosh. I, I can think of several. Just one, huh? Um, I, I, I'm going to go with Dr. Danny Friedland. I mean, he was told he has cancer instead of – and I said to him and like, on our call, and like, I said, I would be devastated. I would be paralyzed. I would be depressed. I, I, I don't know what I would do. And within 48 hours, you've pivoted to essentially the information that your life is coming to a very predictable and in a predictable timeline to making it this the defining moment of your life and the gift you're giving all of us. And, you know, it's, it's easy to say that when we receive bad news, we're going to pivot positively or make the create opportunity within the tragedy. But for someone to be given that severity of news and to make it, the, the gift to the world he's made it. One, well, one, he warms my heart. Two, he inspires me to no end. 
and my respect for him already was high, but now it's gone off the chart. So when it comes to pivoting with strategy and intention and execution, Dr. Danny Friedman's my guy. Absolutely. And what's the name of the YouTube channel? I'm going to subscribe immediately. Yes, it's called Living Well From Within, and I'd love it if anybody would subscribe to that. And I think I'm on episode 185, give or take. And we he was so generous because we, we talked through what it was like to have a coaching relationship for seven years, how I've evolved and changed, thankfully, but also how he's evolved and changed. Because coaching is one of the best ways to sharpen our sword to be a, a, a better leader in our homes. And you take the the, the mindset of you know, infinite possibility and abundance and bring that to your kids, the problem solving skills we can teach our spouses that we teach our CEOs, all those different things, you know, it's a ripple effect to the world. And I'm just really honored to be part of Danny's legacy. Beautiful. What are the three books that touched you most? Um, so first book that comes to mind is Good to Great. When my business was in chaos and crisis in 2006, when I was $600,000 in debt, I'm about, you know, the bank called in the loan. They're going to take my house. I'm chaos and crisis is a, is an understatement to where I was at. The coach I hired recommended. That's the first thing I do is read good to great. It helped change my business to help us make the Inc. 5,000 six times as one of the fastest growing companies in America. Um, secondly, uh, the second book that comes to mind is a book I read during COVID when I had plenty of time called content Inc. by Joe Paluzzi. And in content Inc., it talks about the race to free. How much free content can I give out to people who are interested in what I offer, what I do, and how can I improve the world? Because if we give out enough stuff, the world by its, its infinite possibility will give back to us, which I found to be true. Again, of the, of the 42 CEOs I talked to in 67 days, I got zero clients, yet my revenue is up 300% as a coach because those people became my best sales force to their network. Um, and and I, I would definitely you know, kind of be remiss not to say my book has impacted my life. It took me five years to write from suck to success. I did eight different versions and I learned through every one of those versions to become a better version of me. I, I had no idea that was the journey I had signed up for. And, you know, I'd throw, to throw in a bonus one, I, I would have to say freak factor from David Rendell because he talks about what makes you weird makes you wonderful. I don't think I'm a Let's say a totally weird person, but basically, how do you play to your strengths and minimize your weaknesses? David Reynolds, the, the king of that, of that in my book. I love it. Yes, I, I gave a TED talk about what makes you weird. Makes oh, okay, you awesome. Yeah. yeah, about becoming a category of one. I love it. I, yes, I, I will read it. And um, I'm curious. Five years. So tell us the book. Uh, how did you start? What what was first publisher first or idea or process? And let's let's start at the very beginning. That's a great question. I don't think anybody's asked me that yet. So here's really to, in all transparency. So I talk about a, a concept I created in my book called ATV: Authenticity, Transparency, and Vulnerability. Um, so I started writing the book as as a essentially a love letter to my son. Uh, he's now 30, but during the, the when my business was in a complete disaster, he was 10, 11, 12 years old. And I wanted the, there to be something for him to look back on so he could understand the craziness that was going on for me in, in a very clear way. Ultimately, where the book ended up over five years was, you know, I started writing it for him, but then I ultimately I decided to, believe it or not, write it for the 27-year-old version of me because that's when I started my company. 
because it dawned on me that when I started my business, there wasn't um, an experienced CEO that I've now become telling the stories of what it's like to be in the trenches, what it's like to be in a matter of chaos and crisis, all the all the pitfalls and all the landmines we step on inadvertently or all, all the things we do to create chaos and crisis. You know, I love as an entrepreneur putting out fires and solving problems. What I didn't realize as an entrepreneur that I was often the person starting the fire. So I was the chief firefighter, but I was also the chief arsonist. And how does that all weave together? No one was telling me that. So ultimately, I ended up writing the book so that you know an early stage entrepreneur would get value from it. A late stage entrepreneur would see themselves in it and hopefully get value from it. And everybody in between. Ultimately, for me, it was an absolute exercise in servant leadership to serve someone to read the book and they get value from it. It wasn't about, it has autobiographical senses to it, but ultimately there's, there's lessons in every chapter for anybody who reads it. And it was read not just by a couple of people, but it became a bestseller. How did that happen? Oh, so it's crazy. So, you know, like I hear on the book here, I got like this little symbol that says Amazon bestseller. And, you know, it was, it was very much a, um, First of all, I had an intention around it. My intention was to get the book in as many hands of, uh, as possible to create a great legacy. For me, when I, when I was you know finishing the book, the the publisher said, "Well, what do you want this book to to represent?" And I said, "You know, I want the book to outlive me. I mean, you know." And I had just heard from Danny that his time was 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 coming up short, and he was generous. He had just written the foreword for the book, and I was writing the epilogue for the book. So Danny kind of begins and ends it. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, the 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 book got penetration in the marketplace. So I did a pre-sale campaign, get, sold the book for 99 cents to however many people who wanted it. And that was a huge piece of it. I also, you know, was so humbled that, you know, within within eight hours of putting the book out there, I sold over 300 copies to people who knew me or followed me. And, and you know, I, I just never thought that 300 people would ever buy the book total. But to have it happen in, in, in less than eight hours, that helped goose the sales as well. And I really decided that I was going to stand behind the book and, and, and show up for interviews and participate anywhere I could. Because ultimately, I realized that certainly the book may attract people who want coaching services. That'd be great. But there's also a huge sector of the population that either can't afford coaching or can do, be self-directed. And I want that book, I wanted my book to land in their hands so that they could receive you know, ultimate value from it. And I was surprised at how many people passed around. You know, I sent out some PDF copies to friends. You know, I, I heard from a buddy of mine who sent it to his brother and his brother reached out to me saying, can I get an autographed copy of your book? I'm like, some, you know, well, it's pretty cool when your signature becomes an autograph. I'm like, absolutely. So the, the fact that it was getting out there was just so rewarding and it just kind of had this flywheel effect that propelled it up the list. Beautiful. What are some clients of yours actually uh, struggling with? What are their pains, their topics? Oh, uh, that's a great question. Certainly imposter syndrome is towards the top of the list. Um, I, I have a, a belief system that most of us start get into entrepreneurship to fill something within us, whether it's the, the need to succeed, the need to be the smartest kid in class. There's something internally. And I find that most of the people that I work with Get, get stuck somewhere. They, they, and so how do we get them unstuck? Through, and I do it through inside-out leadership. If something's not working in their business, I will double down and always ask them, 
what is their, as a CEO, what is your contribution to it not working? Not what is your contribution to fix it? And it's shocked by the question because there's always one problem in every business, no matter what you do, whether you do manufacturing, restaurant, retail, service-based, IT, staffing, whatever you do, there's always one, one constant across all sectors and it's people. People, you know, people say, well, I don't have enough cash. Well, why don't you have enough cash? Well, because my accounting team didn't do their job. They didn't collect enough money. I, as the CEO, I missed a bank meeting. It's always a people problem. And so once we figure that out and we do inside-out leadership training to get them unstuck around that, then we put the proper processes in place. But it's always people first. So I find that to, you know, to answer your question as directly as possible, the number one problem is always a people problem. Definitely. And how how do you help them get one step forward after the other? So the first thing that, that I found was really was really helpful is to validate where they are. And it's a really simple thing. You know, so I'd say, you know, Tom, I have a client named Tom. Tom, wherever you are, that makes sense. Now, when I say to them that makes sense, I'm validating what they're experiencing. I'm not necessarily agreeing with where they are, how they got there, or what their strategy is going to be to get unstuck. But helping them get unstuck, I have to calm them down. And then my, my style is to approach everything with massive curiosity. So tell me more about that. Okay, well, we did this, this, and this. All right, how did that go? And I just drill, and I go, and I unpeel, and I unpeel, and I unpeel, and I unpeel. Because dealing with the symptoms rarely solves the problem. Getting to the root cause, which is usually a people problem, does create growth. And then what I do, which a lot of coaches struggle with, is I sit in that moment of uncomfortable when they're having those awarenesses, when those light bulb moments are going on, and they're going maybe through some self-pity or some self-beating. Uh, we'll, be, we'll get them out of that. And then we get them out of that by get, helping them build strategies around that intention. It's a four-step process, awareness, intention, strategy, execution. And in that, that execution process, what I do for them is I hold them incredibly massively accountable to what they want. Most entrepreneurs don't want bosses. That's why they're entrepreneurs. But when they hire a coach, my job is to help them get what they want. Well, they're the reason they're not getting what they want. So I hold them accountable. And inevitably, it's happened nearly every client I've ever worked with. Well, you, Tom, you, you said you wanted X. Yes, I did. But you didn't do anything to get towards X. Help me understand what's holding you back then that's the magic. That's where the light bulb moments come out of, whether it's childhood programming, whether it's societal challenges, whether it's their internal itty-bitty negative committee, that, you know, their imposter syndrome that's holding them back. We break them free from that. When they break free, that's where, again, using Tom as the example, once Tom had his breakthrough moment, his revenue grew 70%. Not too bad. Even bigger, his profits grew 500% in one year because he got unstuck because I held him massively accountable to the massive curiosity we put in place. Super strong. And uh, everybody, if you are stuck, this is somebody you should call, Todd Palmer, everybody. I am also curious, Todd, where can people stick around, read more about you? Well, so I'd say, come to, please come to my website, extraordinaryadvisors.com. Uh, I'm giving away the first chapter of my book for free. So anybody just please mention that you heard me on your show and I'd be happy to give you a free copy. Uh, a free copy of the first chapter. Also, you know, I've had people reach out to me recently, like, how can I have a conversation with you? I, I, I did 
42 CEOs in 67 days for 30 minutes. I'm happy to give anybody 30 minutes of my time. And I do that because it feeds my why of improving lives. Hopefully in our conversation, something clicks for you, a light bulb moment occurs. So email me, Todd at ExtraordinaryAdvisors.com, and I'm happy to get you on my calendar. Super cool. And who should be my next guest? Oh, gosh. Uh, I think uh, your next guest could potentially be Dr. Danny Friedland. Um, I'm not sure where he's at, if he's got the time for that. Uh, Tom Schwab from Interview LA is an amazing entrepreneur. He's grown his business. He's my client. His revenue's grown 70%. Profits have grown 500%. Uh, and if you're really, if you're really curious, I know David Rendell personally, happy to make an introduction. David would be, you know, I think you guys would have a lot in alignment about what's weird makes you wonderful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and your wisdom with us. I have learned a lot and uh, especially about mindset and especially about my own, um, how did we call it? The imposter syndrome. Yes, and yes. Yes. Please come back soon. Thanks for having me on your program. I had a great time. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.